Hello, welcome to the show up dad. This is a podcast for hardworking fathers looking to level up their fathering skills and be more than just a paycheck or provider for the home. Today, we welcome none other than Del Marth, aka Line Mama, the strong woman behind the Brothers Keeper movement. I'm so happy to have you on here today. I'd like to kick things off by you sharing your story with our audience, Del, if you don't mind. Hi, good afternoon. I'm glad to be here. Um, I'll start off my story with Brandon's story. Mm. Um, my son uh, was an apprentice for Local 47 on September 30th, 2013, he passed away. Um, I remember that day like if it was yesterday. Um, I didn't get a phone call from the contractor. He was working for a contractor, Cam. I didn't get a phone call from them. Uh, I believe he passed away around 1130 in the morning, maybe noon. Um, my husband and I were flying back from Vegas. And as we were going through the airport, and this is in my mind, when he passed away, I looked up from the escalator and there were all these butterflies, beautiful butterflies, hanging paper they made them paper mache butterflies and they were just so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. We flew back home weird because we flew back home earlier than what we were supposed to and got home and I got a phone call from Brandon's girlfriend. Uh, there was messages um, just uh, calling me. Mm -hmm. And I told my husband, I'm like, oh, I'm going to call Bran, see what he wants for dinner. But I'm like, oh, you know, his girlfriend called me. Brandon's dad um, even called me. And it wasn't weird for Brandon's dad to call me because he called quite often. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, I'm going to call him back called his, Brandon's girlfriend and she said, um, Dal Brandon got hurt. And I'm like, okay, we're on our way. Mm -hmm. I didn't even ask what hospital. <laughs> I just told my husband, Pat, I'm like, okay, get in the car. We're driving down the street and I'm driving. Brandon's dad calls me. Del, where are you? And I'm like, Brandon got hurt. I'm on my way to the hospital. And I knew Brandon was working in Huntington Beach. Mm -hmm. So we're driving and Brandon's dad kept on asking me these questions. Well, who are you with? Are you driving? And I'm like, I'm with Pat. Of course I'm driving. So we kind of yelled at each other. He finally told me as I was driving our son had passed. Mm. So I'm driving, my husband's yelling at me to pull over. I'm yelling back. I just wanted to get to Huntington Beach and Huntington Beach, it was probably like a rush hour at that point. Mm -hmm. um, probably take a good 45 minutes to an hour to get there from my house. And um, all I remember is going on the uh the freeway and it was crowded and i was going on the um the side mm -hmm. where you um what do you call it the, the little lane. like the shoulder lane or whatever the shoulder mm -hmm. i'm just waving at people i just needed to get to my son i got there and they had just taken him away uh the coroner all I remember is seeing all these guys, people, Edison, everybody there. I didn't even know what the heck was happening. Mm -hmm. So from, I met the owner of Cam. 
And I do remember this. He gave us condolences and I never will forget this. It was the way he gave them. And I just looked at him and I'm like, you could go home to your family. You have a family to go home to. I don't have anything anymore. And I walked away. Wow. And after that, I really don't remember. Mm-hmm. So what I've been told in the investigation, um, there are so many stories out there. Um, but through the investigations and through stories that I put together in my mind, what mm-hmm. I think happened, that's the story I'm going to give you here today. Okay. So, um, Brandon was an apprentice. It's a fifth step. There were two journeyman linemen that day there, two apprentices, one being my my son, Mm -hmm. and a foreman, okay? Um, In the beginning, Brandon went, um, he had, I'll call him a journeyman lineman at one vault. It was Mm -hmm. apprentice journeyman lineman. And in another vault, there was a journeyman lineman white ticket and an apprentice. As I go through my journey, I I figured out what a white ticket was. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, um, tell me if I'm wrong, um, a white ticket that they don't take any training. They just take a test. Yeah, what it usually is, is they they probably had training somewhere, some way, you know, through a non-union company. And what happens is for them to join the union, they got to take a test usually uh, given to you by the local. That's usually the way it happens. Now, I, I have seen some cases where they can go to a local and just say, hey, I have so many amount of years. I want my journeyman ticket. I want to become a union hand. And sometimes they do that. And that's, that's something that's for a whole nother story. You know what I mean? But that's usually the case, you know what I mean? On, on how some of those things happen. I do know that um, the local I come out of, they test you, you know, but that you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's someone who hasn't gone through formal union training, which we all know is, is, is very good training. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. You need that training. You to me, I just feel you need to start from the ground up and yes. have that training in order to know different techniques, different th- different situations that could happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how I see it. So we'll just call them the white ticket. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the mid morning, the white ticket and the apprentice, they were kind of lagging behind. Mm-hmm. So they already considered my son a journeyman lineman. They mm-hmm. figured he had the knowledge, you know. So they switched my son and the other apprentices to, we'll call it the first vault and the second vault. My okay. son was in the first, first vault. They switched them to the second vault with the white ticket guy. Mm-hmm. Now, as I figured it, I'll never know what happened that day. Mm-hmm. And no one else will because there were only two guys there. There was the white ticket guy and my son. Mm-hmm. There were no, but no one else around. So I don't know what was said to my son by the white ticket guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I know from the neighbors what they had told me. So 
there were two elbows. They were not marked correctly. Mm-hmm. Yes, my son was not wearing his gloves and there was no tester. So those are, you know, I, I say it like it is. Those are things that my son did not do. Yeah. So that is not, you're always supposed to wear your gloves. You're always supposed to test. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, you know, I just think that they were tagged wrong. I think my son touched the, the elbow. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not de-energized. Half of the neighbors were de-energized and the other half weren't. They didn't want to, from what my understanding, they didn't want some of the neighbors to go without power. Yeah, that's that's usually typical what they what they do with the switching procedures. Yeah, um, they try to keep the loop at least half open, and that way you keep half of them on. And then they do the work on the de-energized side. Now, just hearing your story and just from alignment perspective, working on underground and stuff like that, um, you know, I don't want to make accusations or anything of that but for one absolutely right there should have been a tester there you know we all know in this trade that test ground or it's not dead right now with number two you know once again just from my experience being a foreman and stuff like that there should have been a qualified observer watching and, and seeing everything okay now this is just my experience as a journeyman lineman okay um and number three, it sounds to me like it was tagged wrong if he pulled the wrong elbow, thinking there was there was a miscommunication there, obviously. Because going, mm-hmm. going back, Brandon should have never been down there. Yes. Because he was an apprentice. I learned this afterwards. Yes, I agree. A hundred percent. That white ticket guy should have mm-hmm. never had an apprentice underneath him yes i am learning Hmm. Um, yes those are the things that i've learned and i'm like what Mm -hmm. after everything gone i just learned this i want to say within the last two years Mm. wow really i didn't know that no one had said that Mm -hmm. With, with that being said, Dale, that, that leads us to our topic, you know, this whole story that you have, you know, this, this, this story of pain, right, that you had and you had to go through. Um, this transitions us to this topic of grief, which we're talking about. And uh, I want to read you something, okay? okay? If you have ever experienced a loss of a loved one or a significant change in your life, you have likely felt some form of grief. Grief is defined as a mental suffering or distress that is caused by loss or affliction, sharp sorrow, or painful regret. As you can see, there are many forms of grief that one can experience, right? Other than the loss of Brandon, which my deepest condolences to you, what other painful regrets might you have looking back, like a loss of job, your identity, a change in life? You know, what, what, other, what other forms of grief did you experience throughout this whole tragedy? That's a good question. So three years um, after Brandon passed, mm-hmm. um, I used to work for Lowe's Home Improvement. I was a assistant store manager for between 17 and 18 years. Mm-hmm. Um, They were definitely good to me. Um, I took off some time for Bran. I came back and it was really nice to come back because my district manager was right there when I came back and he pulled me aside and he goes, Dell, your son was the topic of conversation at Christmas dinner. Like, really? His brother's alignment in Washington. Mm -hmm. And his brother told him about Brandon, not knowing that they knew each other. And he, and my boss was saying, oh my God, that's 
one of my assistant store managers, that's her son. So it was kind of eerie, like weird. As yeah. Sense. But so they kept my job. I was back and forth from working because I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle seeing kids. Mm. I couldn't handle seeing grandparents with grandkids because I'll never have any. I couldn't see mothers with sons. Mm -hmm. That was like a difficult thing. So I would break down. I think I was always crying. Hmm. So that was like a huge trigger. And so three years later, I couldn't do that um, to Lowe's anymore. Hmm. So I gave my resignation and they were very kind to me. They were, you know, anytime you need a job, you want to come back, we have a spot. Hmm. And I know for a fact they don't hold assistant managers jobs. They held mine off and on for three years. Wow. They would get people to cover me. And I respect that. Mm-hmm. I respect that because they could have said, nope. See you later. We got to, you know, hire someone. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one thing that changed mm-hmm. um, in my life identity that's huge yeah I can imagine we raise our kids I was a young mom I had Brad at just turn I was just gonna turn 21 mm-hmm. um So I grew up with him, you know? Yeah. And to lose your son, it's like you got to, you know, all those hardships that I dealt with bringing them up, you got to figure out who you are now at this age, you know? Yeah. I'm old. Hmm. at this age you're like what the heck I did everything for my kids now it's all gone Hmm. where do I start Hmm. I'm still figuring that one out man it's that's a huge one because you never think that you're going to lose your child Hmm. That was on, of course, not on my mind. No, and and you know, you know, one of the things my mom always said, and my dad as well, when we lost, when they lost their child, which is my younger brother, earlier this year, um, they kept saying, "A parent is never supposed to bury their child." Right. You know. Um, I wanted to ask you, Dale. You, you, you touch base on being a single parent and raising Brandon by yourself, okay? What advice could you give on raising a child being a single parent? Oh, that's a good one. Um, give them boundaries, mm. responsibility, um, put them in sports activities, um, Especially teach them how to respect. Mm-hmm. Respect is a big one with me. Mm-hmm. Um, to respect your elders. Open those doors. Say thank you. Say please. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, be kind to other people, kids. Be kind to, you know, your classmates, mm-hmm. you know, um, I would say those things, it's hard being a single parent. Yeah. But as I look back 
like, I have to say it. I raised some pretty good boys, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it was um, who I was not the pushover mom mm-hmm. because I knew like I was young, but it was back in the day too where, okay, whew, you're pregnant without being married. Yeah. And in my family, it was a no-no. I think till this day, I've been the only one to be unwed, Mm. pregnant. And I'm like hitting 60 and I'm like, well, chalk that one up in our family. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I did this. (laughs) I had to definitely had to have my kids be more respectful Mm -hmm. and be harder on my kids because I didn't want anybody saying, well, okay, that's a single parent. Mm. Kids are like, they are, mm-hmm. you know, wild or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Be stricter. Um, my kids did go through, uh, Brandon did go through Catholic school for a while. Then mm-hmm. I, you know, I couldn't afford it. Um, and I have to say, he did have a rough, like, you know, I would be at work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'd have two, three jobs. And he'd have to walk home with his older brother. And yeah, they'd be at the house when they were six and nine watching mm-hmm. each other. And I look back and I'm like, that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> but they survived, right? I mean, they. The house know. was still standing. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. I had to work, you know, there was no. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Had I known what I know now to back then, mm-hmm. the difference, like I worked a job. If you didn't come in, you didn't get paid. There yeah. was sick time that you could use it was like you just lost that money Mm -hmm. you know my kids even went to work with me sometimes because i needed that extra money Hmm. having said all that dell can you encourage parents that are listening that there is no struggle you can't come back from from raising your kids oh there is no struggle at all. I mean, I look back to all the struggles I had and I, I look now and I'm like, it was all worth it. Mm-hmm. It was all worth it. The, this is what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. God put me on this journey with the struggles, made me stronger because I think maybe he knew something was going to happen and he's like, I got to get this mom tough. Mm. you know, to do what she's doing. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you on that. I definitely agree that uh, even though God doesn't cause this stuff to happen, right. I do believe that he prepares us. God is a God of preparation in everything. And if we pay attention enough, we'll see him guiding us through every single step of the way. You know, I, I want to quote a past uh, guest on here. Dr. Stephen Poulter, he said, a bad moment isn't a bad life. And I liken that to, as parents, we make mistakes. So if you mess up, hey, you know, it's not over. You know, you still have tomorrow to, to, to re-go through it again. You know what I mean? And, and try to be, try to a, be better a better parent, parent. You know? Yeah. Right, right. Um, I agree with that. Now, you felt the sting of loss. Looking back in retrospect, was there anything that you would have done differently? Yes. Now, these are my regrets. Mm-hmm. And... Um, done differently like raising Brandon or 
just 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 anything i mean anything you could see back and be like man if i could have just gone back i know that i know that's one of the things that my parents dealt with when you know especially my father when we lost uh my brother one of the things he said is i should have just went with him i should have just went with him to help him you know i do um, feel different regrets um I know when the boys were little, I got offered a job in Washington and mm-hmm. I didn't take it because back then I'm like, oh, we need to see their dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was one way I should have just said bye, you know, and taken that job scene where, you know, Brandon went, mm-hmm. what uh, led Brandon, you know, what kind of life he would have. Would he still be a lineman? Would he chosen something else? Mm-hmm. You think about that, but I also think about my regrets are not taking enough pictures. Mm-hmm. I know they're the little ones, but not taking enough pictures. That's like a huge regret. Yeah. I'm the one that was taking the pictures and I was never in the pictures because oh, my hair wasn't done right. I wasn't wearing the right things. Mm-hmm. I'm like that was pretty dumb. Hmm. Picture, huh? Just capturing those little moments. Yes, because those are only things that I have to hold on to. Mm-hmm. I regret not going to when he would say, hey, mom, do you wanna go out to eat? Mom, do you wanna go to the movies? I regret saying no, because either I was working, well, I was always working, yeah. um, or I was too tired. Mm-hmm. I didn't take the time to say, I could sleep another time. Let's go have fun. Let's go to dinner. Those are my biggest regrets, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, no, and I, I could totally see where, you know, you would say stuff like that, you know, because I mean? hindsight's twenty twenty. you know, we can't change the past, right? And it's, it's one of the things I always like to say is a car, right? Think of your life as a car. You have this rear view mirror, right? You don't drive looking through your rear view mirror, right? It's small, you're made to glance at it, but that's not how you drive. You have this big old, you know, window in front of you, you know, your, your windshield for a reason, you know, it's so you can look forward and look towards your future. You know what I mean? And we can't choose to look at the past and try to change things, but it is good to be aware of those things. You know what I mean? I I think it helps with the, uh, with being able to heal from the grief, if, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. I I wanted to ask you, Dale, I've heard a lot of times people say a strong why, okay? Why, why you're doing something that that will bring you through some of the toughest times. How have you used this why to push you forward in bringing awareness to others? I think my why is not having any parent any wife, mm-hmm. any brother, sister go through what I go through on a minute to minute basis. I think God put me here for a reason. Yes. And this is my why he put me here is to make awareness to be the voice I think everybody has a journey and I think we talked about this journey that it was given to me mm-hmm. and I'm using it and the journey may take me on different paths And I may want to go, we talked about it, 
on a different path, but mm -hmm. it keeps on putting me back to square one, back to this path in front of me. And there's been many, many times where I wanted to shut down mm -hmm. keeper and say, forget it. But someone calls me, someone texts me, and it gives me the strength to keep going on. This mm -hmm. is my journey. This is my mission. Mm, I, I really like that. And you are, I just want to commend you. I mean, you're so strong. You know, don't ever let anybody tell you otherwise. Um, just everything you've been through has strengthened you. Um, you're doing such a, a wonderful thing with bringing awareness back to the to the brotherhood. You know, and this isn't just centered around line work. If you really look at it, okay. You know, linemen are just the ones that that pass. Okay, um, you're bringing awareness to all different kinds of people through your message. You know, that there is consequences to your actions, to be more aware, to watch out for each other. I think that's what's happening right now in society is people are becoming cold towards one another. You know what I mean? To where they don't even bother to call somebody and check to see how they're doing. Right. You know what I mean? The, and, you know, and I've, I've read about that where it talks about how, you know, later on, as we go on in life, right, the hearts of many are going to grow cold. You know what I mean? And we're seeing that in society right now. You know what I mean? People are really cold towards each other. Well, you know what I, I mean? Yes, I do see, you know, in my situation, and I bet a lot of situations, I do see that. Mm -hmm. uh, because when you lose someone, whether it's a son or a husband, brother, you're kind of like stuck there. Mm -hmm. And everybody goes on with their lives and you're like, where were you or where are you mm -hmm. and it hurts they may not think about it mm -hmm. but you are always like thinking where are these people that were there for me in the beginning they're gone now and for those people i do suggest do a little text you don't need to talk to that person if you don't feel like talking to them and you feel, you know, um, like you can't handle it, mm -hmm. handle hearing their voice because it reminds you of, say, what my son, text them. That's all they need to see is a little text. How are you? Thinking about you. That's it. Hmm. And we're happy that gives us the strength to go on every day. Hmm. I think it's huge for anybody that has lost, you know, especially a husband, a son. I get it with the parents. I totally do. I lost my parents. You know, I was 18 when I lost my dad through another tragedy. Mm -hmm. I get that, but it's a total different healing and process mm -hmm. than a husband or a son. And I can only speak on my son. Mm -hmm. It's like your heart never heals. I mm -hmm. feel like it's broken. It's, I remember this one day, I literally thought I was having a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I was by myself and I'm like, oh my God, my heart hurts in my arm. And <laughs> I was thinking all this stuff, but did not call 911, didn't call anybody. I just figured it out myself. I'm Googling. Then I Googled a broken heart. Mm -hmm. You know, that is true. I didn't think you could have a broken heart. It's really true. I go, yeah. I'm like, it's my heart. It's broken. And, you know, yeah. Hmm. Never, especially our, well, as me speaking, our kids. Yeah. Never get over that. Hmm. 
I, I can't even imagine what you went through. Um, I, I see it in my parents, you know, so oh, man, it, it's rough. You know what I mean? I bet you see their eyes just gazing in midair mm -hmm. and they're just going through the motions day by day. They're just going through those motions and I bet they just can't wait till they mm -hmm. have to bed. Yeah. Their mind shuts off for a minute. One of the, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Dale, back to you being a single parent, um, we, you know, you discussed it and we, we talked about how, you know, it was really tough on you, right? But you're able to do it. A lot of tradesmen wives out there, a lot of linemen wives know what it's like to hold down the fort, so to speak, while their man goes out to provide, you know, in some cases for some significant length of time. How are you able to balance the home with your son? without a father there? It was, it was hard, but it was easy. Because mm. it was the easy part. I look back and I'm like, wow, there was only one person to tell them to go get ready for bed. There was only one person to scold him. There wasn't two people saying maybe two different things. Mm -hmm. You know, like the father will say one thing, the mother will say another, and then there's the fight right there. Yeah. You just got one person to say one thing. What I can say, it was rough for me because I didn't have money coming in as far as child support. Um, I did when Brandon was 11. Mm -hmm. If you, Yeah, I got a, it was $36 a week. Try living on $36 a week. Wow. That's why I worked several jobs. I'm saying, you know, I'm not the best mm -hmm. at all. Did I get eight? Yes. But I think what strengthened me mm -hmm. is work those jobs to show my kids strong work ethic. Mm -hmm. That's a, a, a huge thing with me. You got to have that strong work ethic, especially when you can't, you come from a single family home. Yes. You got to teach and boys, you got to teach, not saying that the girls, but back then it was more boys, you know, teach them strong work, work ethic. Yeah. Uh, they did. Brandon had that, like he was never call into work. That's mm -hmm. me. We don't do that. We don't call into work. <laughs> you know, um, he had that. And I never thought um, about that when I was raising him. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, I did because there was a friend of mine that did the eulogy and I never really thought about it, but she, he's, she, uh, he was like, Brandon got his worth work ethic from his mother. Mm -hmm. And it was like, really? I was so like, I did that. You know, I think back at that. Mm -hmm. That's a good quality. Yes a good quality and I think would life have been easier raising a single you know being a single parent and having money come in oh heck yeah mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that no offense to the line wives at least they have a paycheck yeah they can devote their time to their child or children mm-hmm um, I didn't have that, so I had to work. Um, yeah, my kids were the kids wild, yes. In some, you know, could they have been better? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was fortunate, I was fortunate, yeah, do the things that I did. They they adventured. You know, there was no 
I was hardly home. Some people used to call me the gypsies because the boys and I, okay, get in the car, let's go. <laughs> there was no, if yeah. the house was messy, the house was messy. We just went. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was it was different as a single mm -hmm. parent. It was eye opening for the boys. Oh. I, I bet, you know, um, my wife, you know, I, you know, my story, you know, just kind of touch base on that is, you know, I went out, I provided, I, I went out, you know, out of state to go work and stuff like that. And I would leave her here with a farm, with a brand new baby, you know, isolated because we live, you know, out in the country and, uh, you know, she didn't have any friends out here or nothing like that. Cause she wasn't from where we moved and it was, it was hard on her. It was, you know what I mean? She, she had to take care of all the animals with the children, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I promised her, Hey, you know, I'm going to get into a utility. I'm going to work at a utility. And it didn't change even when I worked there because I was even gone more time, even though I was home, I was gone more because of the overtime and, you know, the shift work and everything else, you know what I mean? So I, I got to give it to you mothers out there who, who really hold down the fort and especially moms like Dell who, didn't have that significant other, you know, who raised up her two children and, you know, just did what she had to do to, to be a provider, you know, and I just want to commend you on that, Dell, you know, commend your wife. You left her with all those. <laughs> oh, dude, that's a, that's a whole different other ball game, Dell. Let me tell you, I mean, I, I made some mistakes, man. And that's why I always go back to what Stephen Poulter said, you know, uh, a bad moment isn't a bad life, you know what I mean? But hey, we're growing, right? That's that's, that's it. what it's all about growing, right? <laughs> now, Dell, I have some questions from the audience, if you don't mind, okay? okay? Having lost a loved one, is there ever a point where you're going to go back to being the person you were before the loss? And I think you kind of touched on that, but it's identity loss. Yeah, no, you'll never go back to the person you were mm -hmm. figure out the person you are becoming mm -hmm. it's you have to it's a redo it's an awful redo mm -hmm. you gotta you know there's not a day a second or a moment that goes by that i don't think what am i doing how do I go through the day? Who am I now? I'm still figuring it out. Hmm. Because you, we were that mother. We were that daughter. And I guess it rings true to, you know, where um, the empty house syndrome. Yeah. I hear about hmm. now I get I kind of get it yeah I kind of get it because you gotta you know even your relationships like you gotta figure them out also you know because my poor husband it wasn't it's still not an easy ride for him because he sees my highs my lows and sometimes I'm like you know, he's such a good guy. He, I wouldn't blame him if he left me, but mm -hmm. nope, he's standing right by me trying to figure out, okay, I married this woman, but she's becoming a different woman. Mm. So yeah, hmm. that's a tough one. Yeah. I can even imagine, you know, <laughs> having to, you know, especially when you have your identity wrapped up with your kids or your husband or whatever it is, you know what I mean? And then to lose that significant person in your life, it's like, well, who really am I? You know, that's, that's a question. I think that people who go through this are really going to have to ask themselves, you know what I mean? And it's a great question, right? Yeah. Then you got to go through a whole different journey. Yeah. It's all about that stretching. Um, as we've seen, there are seven stages of grief and I'm just going to briefly touch on these. Okay, Dale, if you don't mind. Shock and denial, pain and guilt, anger and bargaining, depression, reflection, loneliness, the upward turn, 
reconstruction and working through and last but last and least acceptance okay now with that being said there's no right or wrong way to grieve and there's no timetable if you recognize these symptoms in yourself or someone else please seek help and i want to give the audience a number where they can reach if they're dealing with any of these things um it's 1-800-662-4357 that's the national helpline and if you're if you're fit you know having some doubts or anything like that, or, you know, you have any kind of questions at all, you know, please reach out to that number. That's what it's there for. Um, Dale, another question that came in was, does time really heal? No. No. It's been seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I would say no, not saying that it will never heal, but every time, um, you know, we go out on the boat or we do something, mm -hmm. I always like, Brandon would have loved this. Brandon's always there with us. Mm -hmm. Think I cry as much, but there's not a second that goes by that I don't think about him and I don't wish he was here. Mm. You know, it's different. Like I said before, I think I healed with my parents, mm -hmm. but I think for a child, for me, It's like every day that goes by, I'm like, okay, it's one day closer to seeing him again. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. Definitely. Um, accepting a loss doesn't mean that you simply just get over it. You know, that would be wrong to say that. Um, I think the deeper you go into accepting that loss, I think the more healing you start receiving from that, you know what I mean? That acceptance, you know? Um, one of the other questions that came in, Dell, was, was it the passing of time or the acceptance of your emotions over the loss that you began to heal? Um, I think... Again, I don't think I really healed. Mm -hmm. I think every day is a different journey. And yeah, I don't, mm. I'm sorry. I just don't think that Yeah. I've healed. And, and I think because Going into that, it's like, um, and I have to bring this up, it's for the first four years, mm -hmm. um, there was litigation with my son and lawyers and stuff. So you were all wrapped up into that. Yeah. So I felt like I just started mourning my son three years ago, if that, mm. I don't know if that kind of makes sense. Like I'm still in this, like some days I'll be bad. Some days I'm happier than a clam, you know, all these different emotions will go through my head mm -hmm. and Yeah, the process is real. Let mm -hmm. me tell you. <laughs> oh, I, and it takes, you know, some people go through it. Everybody's different. Mm -hmm. And yeah, my process is totally different. Dell, was there a point in your struggle of losing your loved one 
that you felt it was unfair? Yes. Mm -hmm. When even today at one point, I'm like, why him? I thought this was in one part of my healing. I want to use that word. I don't think I'm healed, but anyhow, mm-hmm. uh, I said, uh, I thought to myself, it should have been me mm. because this was my reasoning. Brandon would have gotten married, had kids. He would have thought about me, but not like the kid would have been keeping his mind active Mm -hmm. and as I grow older I would have been less thought of not that he forgot me Mm -hmm. but he wouldn't think of me as a daily or a minute going by every second of the day thinking about me but for me that's all I think about that was one that, yeah, um, I wish that was my regret or, you know, mm-hmm. one of the things like, I wish it was me that died. Hmm. And I, I totally get that. Um, one of the questions that just came in was, what was the most healing thing someone said to you while you were grieving? The most healing thing is they told me, whatever God you believe in, it doesn't matter what, you know, if you believe in the spirit or God, believe in that God, let him take you through your journey. Mm. And I'll just get, I won't tell you all the whole story about it, but I will tell you this. I went down um, to Mexico through the Baja. My girlfriend, uh, we we drove down there. Mm -hmm. My girlfriend and her husband took me to the missions, took me to the churches, would not go in to them because I was mad at God. And he knew I was mad at him. And so finally, the last church I went into, I raised my hand and I'm like, okay, God, do what you want with me. I'm yours. I'm your vessel. Now you're talking like, I don't go to church and I, you know, I believe in God, but I don't go to church or anything. But I just finally threw my hands up and that's what changed I'm not kidding you things in my life, just with things that I'm doing now with um, the safety and the stickers, it just opened right up. People were DMing me from everywhere, asking for stickers, telling me certain things like mama, keep on going. You're doing such a good job. I was like, wow. Wow. And every time I'm not kidding you, I don't do what I do because I have it in my mind. This is the day I'm going to do this. God gives me (laughs) signs. Mm. Some people may believe it. Some people may not, Mm -hmm. but he definitely gives me the sign. And I just go with it. I go with it. I don't go around knocking on doors, asking, oh, can I tell my story? No, they find me. Hmm. And I feel that is God's work. That is Brandon's work. Mm -hmm. It's not my work. I'm just the vessel Hmm. trying to save lives or speaking Mm -hmm. what Brandon wants them to know, his brothers to know, 
what God wants them to know. And it's just been, wow, a ride for me. This is my journey. Yes. I think I told you like, every time I try to shut it down, something happens where, okay. And I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to God. I'm talking to Brandon. I'm like, all right, I'm still going to do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I don't know what's out there. Mm -hmm. I don't know what this journey, the ending game of the journey, Mm -hmm. but I am respecting it Hmm. and going through it. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome to see that it wasn't until you gave it all to God. You know, I hear a lot of people say, let go and let God, right? Well, I mean, that's a perfect example. It wasn't until you humbled yourself and were like, okay, God, I can't do this on my own. Right. 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 And then then God was able to start working in your life and being like, okay, this is what I have for you, you know? And it's such a, such a powerful story. And it reaches so many listeners on so many different levels from, from single moms to, to, to raising children by yourself, to bringing awareness to the trades, to consequences, to grief. I mean, this is such a big impact on so many levels, Dell. I want to tell you. And uh, last but not least, I wanted to say thank you for what you're doing, okay? And for anyone wanting to speak to you, can you share with our audience how they can do that? Oh, they can reach me um, on social media at Lineman Mama. Um, also, they can reach me at Brothers Keeper Lineman Apparel. Uh, there's an email. Uh, my email there is uh, Delmar, D E L M A R, 675 at Yahoo. They could even call me. My phone number is at Brothers Keeper, but here it is again. It's 562-307-5836. I am here for not only the line guys, but the wives, the children, if they, you know, want to talk and ask questions. I'm I'm okay, you know, um, with people asking questions. Um Yeah. And I want to, you know, say that there is a nonprofit. I just, I just started that. Um, I've had it for a couple of years, but never used it until last month. So that's going to be another adventure. It's Brothers Keeper Fallen Lineman Foundation. Mm. Uh, We do not have a website for it yet, but it is coming and there's going to be some good things coming for those wives that have lost a husband, for the mothers, the fathers that have lost a child. And um, I want to go, I want to, you know, when I first started, uh, when Brandon first died, there was no counseling as far as what I wanted. I wanted someone who lost a child who really got it. And now I start thinking I wanted to do like these little weekend getaways for, you know, maybe the moms and um, the sisters, the wives. So maybe they don't connect with me, but they'll connect with another wife, another mother that get them. So I want to start that up that that's, you know, I think it needs to, something needs to be there for us. Yes. You know, cause I haven't seen anything out there. No, I haven't, I haven't seen anything for, for our industry at all, you know? Um, and I mean, I think it's going to blow up tremendously. I really do Dale. Um, it's something that's really needed. Um, there's so many women and men and mothers and fathers that have felt this sting and you're doing things that are great. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You know what I mean? I could see God's hand working in you to help people. I mean, there's no doubt about that at all. You know what I mean? 
And uh, I just want to commend you for coming on the show, Dale. Um, it's been an honor and a privilege to have you on here. Um, you're an amazing, amazing woman. And, and if the Show Up Dad Foundation can help you in any way, you just let us know, reach out to us, and we'll, we'll definitely keep in touch with you. You're yes, an amazing definitely. woman. It goes the same way. It's ditto. Whatever I can help out with, I'm more than happy to, you know, I just want to be there for people. Mm -hmm. um, that's, yeah, that's why I'm here, to be there for other people. Amen. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to touch on that, it's a, it's a saying that I had written down, right? And it says, Sir John Templeton wrote, self-improvement comes mainly from trying to help others. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I like that quote. <laughs> yeah, so do I. Definitely. I think that's a, a big one. I think I feel more joy and happiness in my heart mm -hmm. when I do help other people. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad to have you on here, Dell. Thank you so much once again, and uh, we'll keep in touch with you, okay? All right. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You too.